0: Welcome to In Him with Pastor Dan Wormuth of Joplin Family Worship Center, located on East Seventh Street in Joplin, where they are passionate about sharing the freedom and forgiveness found in Jesus Christ. Now, here's Pastor Dan with this week's edition of In Him. In him I'm not being
1: shaken. Are you ready for more in twenty-four? you ready for the more of the Lord? What do you need more of his power, more of his glory, more of his presence in me? Yes. So this morning, um, as I, I've just been, you know, pursuing the Lord and I heard him say to me at the beginning of the week that February will be February fire, fire in February. And I got really excited about that because as Pastor Francisco said, he was speaking to us in our, our team meeting, staff meeting. He said, I believe that the fire that's been started in the intercession of the consecration needs to continue to burn. And he said, I just wonder if we couldn't just keep up the noonday prayer on Monday through Friday with coming and seeing what God would do. And the fire is increasing. And the power of intercession has only gotten better. Look at your neighbor and say, gooder and gooder. I know it's not your best grammar and neither is it mine, but it has gotten gooder and gooder. And with that gooder and gooder or that sense of his presence increasing, we realize that it's reflective of the promise of God that in the last days he would pour out his spirit upon all flesh. Now, I just need you to know you need the fire of God and the presence of God to be on your flesh. But when the promise was all flesh, that meant even those who were not surrender to the Lord are going to experience his presence poured out upon them. And when it does, it will bring them to a point of decision, yay or nay to the Savior. And is that not what we want? Is that not what we need? The answer is yes. It is what we need. Defining moments. So I'm just thinking about what is this fire supposed to look like? And so I needed to review a little bit about what the Lord was saying. He spoke to me right at the first of the year and said in Haggai chapter 2, verse 23, I have chosen you, says the Lord. It's what he spoke to the leaders of Israel in the moment when he was adjusting them for how they were approaching the things of God. Remember, the people of God had been sent back to build a place for the presence of God to be. And in that day, it had to be a house, the temple. And they started the work, but were very discouraged by the condition of the times that they found themselves in. So they turned away from building and preparing the house of the Lord and started building their own abode. And what happened? They ran out of their own money, trying to build their own fancy abiding place houses while the house of the Lord lay in waste. They had forgotten that where the presence of the Lord is, is prosperity. But where the presence of I want to show my neighbor I got something better comes poverty. So the Lord addressed them. You got holes in your pockets. You, You sow and you don't reap. You, you you grow grapes and you don't get enough of a harvest to even be able to satisfy your taste. You're struggling. And he reminded them, go back and rebuild. And so they went to the mountains. They got the wood. They came and they finished rebuilding the house of the Lord. And in so doing, the presence of the Lord was restored to them. And where the presence of the Lord is, is his presence. Love is goodness, his manifest presence, his prosperity, his favor is in his presence. And so right now I'm going to ask that you remember that the Lord is saying, I've chosen you. Help me prophesy to the person next to you and say, the Lord says, I've chosen you. So he he said to us, this is the year of being all in and, and, and the more of God. So last year was all in. And I said, Lord, are we done with that? And he said, no, you need to stay with all in. For the more, the more of what the Lord has. So we saw that in Ephesians 3 and 20. So today I want to talk to you. Here's the title of my message. Fire and rain. No, James Taylor is not the inspiration for this message, if you know that song. Okay, so I just want you to know. Today's inspiration for this message is the word of the Lord, fire and rain. So will you go to First Kings with me? Hmm. Fire, fire, fire. 1 Kings chapter 18. You're going to see the connection for why we did communion today the way we did as we talk about the revelation of the prophecy that happened in the 20th century for the the 21st century to see be realized. And it came to pass in verse 1, after many days, that the word of the Lord came to Elijah in the third year, saying, go show yourself to Ahab. The third year, meaning there's been three years of drought. The word of the Lord came to, Ahab, uh, to Elijah to tell Ahab, there'll be no rain. And how many of you know when there is no rain, there's no crops? There's no food, there's no provision, there's poverty. How many of you know when God wants to get a wicked king's attention, he will withhold his goodness, his favor from the land in order to show him you are not the boss applesauce. Sorry, I just had to say that. It just always happens. And this is what the Lord said. Go show yourself to Ahab. Now Ahab and Jezebel have made some promises. If we even see that, Elijah, kill him. Destroy him. Get rid of him. And so he is now being told, go show yourself. So um, There there was a sore famine in Samaria and Ahab called to uh, Obadiah, which was the governor of his house and Obadiah feared the Lord greatly. There was a man in Ahab's house who was the governor of his house who feared the Lord greatly. I need someone to understand here today something with me, okay? Anytime you are disgusted by by the administration that is not Uh, recognizing the sovereignty of God and the work of God in the land, you just got to understand God will always have an Obadiah in the house of Ahab who fears the Lord greatly. So even when it doesn't look like the king is righteous and he's wicked, there will always be an Obadiah. Someone say, thank God for an Obadiah in the king's house. God always has a man and a woman somewhere ready to do what's necessary to be done. And so the Bible says that he feared the Lord greatly for it was when Jezebel had cut off the prophets of the Lord Obadiah took a hundred prophets and hid them by fifties in a cave and he fed them with bread and water. And Ahab had said to Obadiah, go into the land and to all the fountains of the water and under all the brooks and pre that we might also find grass to save our horses and our mules alive. And the reason is because if your horses die and your mules die, you can't wage war and then you can't protect yourself. And then you're open for an invasion. So he's trying to find the lamb. And then um, Ahab went uh, one way by himself. Obadiah went another way by himself Verse seven, as Obadiah was in the way, behold, Elijah met him and he knew him and he fell on his face. When you fear God, you will recognize that the man of God or the woman of God is on their way with a mission from the Lord. And the Bible says he fell down uh, and uh, on his face, he said, thou art uh, my Lord Elijah. And he answered to him, I am go and tell thy Lord, little L, Behold, Elijah is here. And he said to him, what sin have I done to you to deliver uh, thy servant into the hand of Ahab to slay me? Because he knows that if he goes to Ahab and tells him, I found Elijah, the Ahab could kill Obadiah because Obadiah has already told Ahab, I can't find him anywhere. I think he fell off the face of the earth or God killed him. He's not here. He's not here. He's not here. So he's saying, what kind of sin have I done that you would send me in to go see Ahab and him beyond? All, um, raging against me and take my life. But verse ten says, "As the Lord thy God liveth, there is no nation or kingdom whither my Lord hath not sent to seek thee." And when he had said he is not here, he took an oath. And the kingdom and the nation. Oh my goodness! It's just it's, it's very. It goes on to express how great of a task it was trying to find Elijah. Why? Because Ahab wanted to kill him, hoping to break break the drought. But he said, Now go and say and go and tell him, Behold, Elijah is here, and it shall come to pass as soon as I am gone from uh, that the Spirit of the Lord shall carry thee, whither here or there. So Obadiah knows how God is so powerful. He literally says, No, I'm not going to go tell Ahab, because if I go tell Ahab you're here to meet with him, the Lord's going to snatch you up, put you somewhere to protect you. And then Ahab's going to come out here, and he's going to be even madder at me if I do this. I just need you to know, when there's an Obadiah who fears the Lord, he knows what God's capable of. You and I need to learn how God is capable. Bear with me. Young people, there is a strategy here for your success in your life. Old people, there's a strategy here for success in your life and your children's life and your grandchildren's life middle-aged people, there's a success strategy here for you and your families right now. So I just want you to hear it. This is important. So literally it comes about that he goes and he gets him and, um, and he brings him, he said, um, you know, Obadiah is just talking to Elijah about what he had been doing to protect them, the men of God and the prophets of God. So anyway, the Bible says in verse 16, so Obadiah went to meet Ahab, told him, and Ahab went out to meet Elijah. And it came to pass when Elijah, when Ahab saw Elijah, and Ahab said unto him, Art thou he who troubleth Israel? You know, when you're when you are, when the name the king would put on you is, are you the dude that causes trouble in my land and my kingdom? This is a revelation of what Ahab thinks about Elinza. It's a revelation of what people think about you, Christians. Who is standing in the way of chaos in the earth? Who's standing in the way of a total breakdown of society? Family. It's the Christians. It's believers. It's the judeo Christian belief system in the hearts of men and women that are still holding it together. It is men and women in every occupation, in every part, every capacity, even a a leader, a governor in the house of the king who is holding together society because they fear the Lord and they understand who God is. And right now there's salt and there's seasoning and there's light in the earth. And it has held back the utter decay. They have done their best to destroy America. Why? We are still the biggest mission sending nation in the world. We give more money to make sure the gospel is proclaimed around the world than any other nation, and they need that to stop in order for the one world government that the Antichrist has been preaching his message about to come and have its place. Satan hates you. He hates you not just because you're pretty. He hates you because he sees the image of God in you. So don't take it so personal. Because you are blood bought, word taught, Holy Ghost filled, you are a threat to the, to the kingdom of darkness. And Satan would like nothing better than to destroy a nation whose God is the Lord. And if he can destroy this nation, whose God is the Lord, then he can stop a major release of missions and missionaries that are doing the great commission. I'm not saying other countries aren't. I'm just saying that we were ordained by God to do such a thing. So the enemy wants to destroy that and Ahab certainly wants to destroy the very possibilities of Elijah having any possible say in the atmospheric conditions, let alone the spiritual conditions. And I see it every time I hear a news report or I see what's being said or done in our society. I see it. You and I live in a constitutional republic. What does that mean? We don't live in a democracy. We live in a constitutional republic. It is a democratic expression, but it is a constitutional republic, meaning we have laws. And if you don't abide by the laws for all then the woman who holds the balances concerning justice is no longer blind, but she's choosing who she wants to give her justice to, which is no longer justice. And it's happened in our nation on our watch. The salt got a little less powerful. The light got a little dim. But God has said, that in the last days I will raise up a generation who will be filled with the holy flame of God, who will stand in their classrooms and proclaim Jesus is Lord, who will not allow a lie, will not allow a lie to be propagated when the truth is in their heart. I just need to know, is there anybody here who understands God has still got a plan for this generation that they've tried to destroy? So the Bible says in verse 20, Abraham sent all the children of Israel and they gathered the prophets together. So the prophets of the Lord and the prophets of Baal and the people of Israel came to Mount Carmel. Someone ought to look at you, neighbor and say, it's show time. There's going to be a showdown. You want to know where the... World Wrestling Federation learned how to have the showtime of a showdown between. It was at Mount Carmel, ladies and gentlemen. That's where they learned. And so how long? This is the word of the Lord. Elijah came to all the people. He look He's looking them in the eye. They've gathered now. And he looks at them and he says, oh, who remembers these words? How long are you halt between two opinions? If the Lord be God, follow him. And if Baal, then follow him. And the people answered him, not a word. That's the first sign of trouble in river city. It was the best of times. And it was the worst of times, the worst of times. Cause the people could not say the Lord, he is God. They were willing to wait for a sign. That's how far gone America has gotten in many ways. In many ways, we are waiting for another sign. You have been given the signs But I will say to you one more time that God is yet going to pour out his spirit and you will see once again, God show up, show out, show off, and he will have his harvest. You ought to look at your neighbor and say, God will have his harvest. This is what my Bible says. So, um, they, they, the Elijah said to the people, uh, even I, I remain as a prophet of the Lord, but Baal's prophets are 450 men. So let them choose, we'll give them two bullocks. So they took two bullocks, one chose one, one chose the other, cut it in pieces, laid it on wood, and they put no fire on it. And then he said, This I will dress mine, and you dress yours. We'll lay it on the wood, and we'll put no fire under it. And you will call on the name of your gods, and I will call the name of the Lord. And the God who answers by fire, let him be God. And all the people answered and said, Hmm, it is well-spoken. So Elijah said to the prophets of Baal, you choose the one you want for you. You take it, you take the best-looking one, dress it. So they did, and they put it down, and they and they called on the names of their gods. And they had their bullock there laying on, on their altar they had built and they had their wood there. And so they started, wa, la, wa, la, wa, la, wa, la, wa, and they started calling on the name of Baal and walking around this, this altar. And you know they got around three times and looked at each other and thought, by now surely we should have seen something. And so now they're starting to think, what are we going to do? You know, an hour passes, and they start cutting themselves. Maybe our God needs some blood sacrifice other than just this uh, bullock. And so they start to cut themselves. And the Bible says as the day goes on, literally they cut themselves to the point they got blood gushing out all over themselves. What kind of God do you serve? You serve the God that needs you to cut yourself to worship him? My God sent his son, and he was sacrificed that I might be able to worship him. But on and on it went. Elijah said, maybe your God's on a vacation and he can't hear what you say. They threw him a mean mugging and look. A little while later, he said something like this. Maybe your God Baal is out to the toilet and he can't hear what you say. All through the day, they have wearied themselves in the heat of the day. My Bible here, though, tells me that when they finally could not get anything, they fell out from exhaustion. Look at your neighbor and say, that'll always happen when you serve a false god. False gods will exhaust you. The true and living God will exalt you. He will fill you. With Holy Spirit, out of your belly shall flow rivers of living water. Not from your skin shall come blood. Did you hear me? So here it is. Uh, maybe your God's uh, asleep. Wake him up. They did all kinds of just. Mm, they're doing it today. Have you seen it? If you if you see anything on TV, you see people with all kinds of looking ways. They're trying to get their God to answer them. Then Elijah took. So Elijah said to all the people, come near unto me. And all the people in verse 30, they came to him and he repaired the altar of the Lord. Someone said to your neighbor, repair the altar of the Lord in your heart. Because it was broken down. So that means we need to repair what's been broken down in us. And then he said, He took these 12 stones, and the 12 stones were according to the number of the tribes of the sons of Jacob, whom the word of the Lord uh, had come, uh, came to them saying, Israel shall be thy name. And with these stones, he built an altar in the name of the Lord. That word Lord there is Jehovah. He built it in the name of Jehovah. And then he made a trench about the altar as great as it would contain about two measures of seed. Don't forget that. And he put the wood in order and he cut the bullocks in pieces and he laid them on the wood. He put the wood in order. Someone say in order. And then he put the bullock on the, uh, on the wood and he said, fill four barrels with water and pour it on the burnt sacrifice on the wood. And then he said it a second time and then he said it a third time. And the water ran out about the altar and it filled the entire trench uh, uh, with water. And it came to pass at the end, at the time of the evening sacrifice, there's always an appointed moment, ladies and gentlemen. And so at the appointed moment when they would normally offer their worship to the Lord with a sacrifice, Elijah had made all things ready. And then he said, this day thou art God in Israel. And that I am thy servant, and that that I have done all these things at thy word. Hear me, O Lord, hear me, that this people may know that thou art the Lord God. You are Jehovah Elohim. And that thou hast turned their hearts back again, and the fire of the Lord fell. Someone say, and the fire of the Lord fell. Just got to get to this. And the fire of the Lord consumed the burnt sacrifice, and the wood, and the stones, and the dust, and also it licked up the water that was in the trench. And when all the people saw it, they fell on their faces, and they said to the Lord, He is God. The Lord, He is God. Jehovah is God. And in that moment, Elijah seized the prophets of Baal and he said, Let not one of them escape. And they seized them and Elijah took them down to the brook Kishon. And as the requirement of the word of the Lord is in the law of the Lord, they slew them there. And Elijah said to Ahab, Get up, you better eat and take a drink. Now, if I were Elijah and had just won the day, I might have said, Elijah, I'm coming for your neck next. I'm coming for you, Elijah. I mean, Ahab, Elijah could have said, Ahab, this is the day you die. But that is not what Elijah said, because when you are walking under the authority of God, you understand there is still authorities that God himself will deal with. That's not yours to do. I said something good right there. So Bible says he went up and he ate and he drank and Elijah went up to the top of Carmel and he bowed himself upon the earth and he put his face between his knees let's just risk it and get down here. So he got down on the earth and he put his head literally right down here on his knees. And he was thinner than me and more limber than I. So he was able to do that. And he bowed down. And then he said to a servant, go up over there on that other side here of the mountain and look over the sea and tell me what you see. And he came back and he said, I see nothing. He said, oh, Lord, you gave me power to call for a drought. And now you've told me that there will be the sound of a rushing rain. A great rain is coming. So I thank you for your word. Servant, go look. He went and looked again, and then he had to come back, and he gave him the same report. I see nothing. Lord, you done told me. Come on, somebody. Elijah knew if he ate his greens, he could just pray like that. Did you hear what I'm saying? So, Lord, seven times. And on the seventh time, the servant come back and said, I see a cloud, but it's only the size of a man's hand. And that's all it took. Elijah jumped up from the ground and he said to Ahab, You boy, you better get in that chair and get going. Are you with me? Track here with me for just a second. Confusion. The title is Fire and Rain. Point number one. There's confusion of religion today. The religious in the name of God have cut themselves and they cut others for a response of justification for their own hatred of what others have done in the earth that they couldn't do. They have self-hate for themselves and because of the unresolved brokenness of their lives. And I call those church people. There are religious people who are cutting people And it is not of God's doing. You look at your neighbor and just say, I don't want that religion. But there's another religion as well on the earth today. It's the religion of Baal. And that religion is also cutting. It cuts a life short and destroys the purpose and destiny of that life through abortion. It cuts and maims and distorts the purposes of life given by God through surgeries in the name of transgenderism. And it's still motivated by the worship of Baal as it's seen here in the Bible. There is a cutting to destroy innocence. Innocence is being brutalized by adults who are commissioned to protect them to an altar of demented motivations. It seems that they will reduce the population in one way or another at any cost. And this is worship, the worship of Baal in its purest form, which when I say pure, I mean evil. It's a worship of perverting a minor helpless child or teen into a non-reproductive person with scars that are within and without And it is a demonic dysphoria on a scale that is akin to the Holocaust of the past. And it is still the worship of Baal. I saw a video of a mother and her daughter sitting beside the bed of their son, of her son, who was only, I believe, nine years of age. And they were putting chemicals in him that would chemically castrate him and neuter him so that he could transition from being the boy he was born to a girl no nine year old should be put through these demented procedures that were done
0: in nazi germany Thank you for listening to In Him with Pastor Dan Wormuth of Joplin Family Worship Center. Listen to this broadcast again at KNEO.org. You can also download a podcast version of today's message by searching KNEO on iTunes. Joplin Family Worship Center is located on East 7th Street in Joplin and has ministries for all ages. They invite you to join them this week for Sunday morning worship at 10 a.m. and Wednesday evening service at 7 p.m. Find out more at jfwc.org or facebook.com slash Joplin Family Worship Center. Follow Pastor Dan on Twitter at Daniel H. Wormuth. Thank you for listening. And remember, in Him, you are free.